0: Is it time for the Me Too movement to move a little further? Find out how on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. This episode of Pushback contains more mature material, so parental discretion is advised. However, if you're thinking about a teenager listening to this, I highly recommend that they do. So parents, use discretion on this episode. The Me Too movement uh, was first uh, brought into uh, social media in 2006 by a gal named uh, Tarana Burke. Uh, She was a sexual harassment survivor and she released a Me Too phrase on MySpace, uh, which started this as a topic of conversation and awareness Uh, for sexual harassment, especially in the workplace. Uh, It really blew up uh, in 2017 when many high-profile actresses came on board and shared their stories, uh, especially in the realm of Hollywood, and uh, sexual harassment uh, and sexual assault that takes place in the workplace. Uh, uh, High-profile actresses such as Alyssa Milano, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ashley Judd, Jennifer Lawrence, and others uh, soon followed, which brought a lot more attention uh, to this movement. I just want to be clear and go on the record at the beginning of this podcast that I applaud this movement, and I, I think it took a lot of Uh, courage and strength by these women to come forward. Uh, There's a man named Harvey uh, Weinstein who's actually in trial right now for these accusations against him, Uh, and he most likely is going to go to prison, and I'm cool with that. Uh, I think any time that sleazy behavior behind closed doors becomes exposed and becomes uh, more in the forefront, I think is good for our culture. This movement... I, I believe, interestingly, has actually revealed or exposed a real cultural brokenness uh, that we have, uh, maybe exposed a root, uh, how we view sexuality as a whole. I think it's critical that we are comfortable discussing this and pressing into this as we talk about pushing back against the culture and the things that we care about. See, in the 1960s and 70s, I I just turned 50 years old, so I was born in 1969. And so a lot of this took place really in my lifetime. But I believe over uh, over the previous 50 years, starting in the 60s and 70s, was sort of this free love movement in our culture. You know, the make love, not war type movement that was happening. And I believe that there was a significant culture shift that took place during that time period in history. It's interesting, even the term making love, I, uh, I actually like researching words and, and the history of words. Making love prior, interestingly, to 1960 meant something completely different. It just ro- meant romantically speaking one to another. I've been actually really into Agatha Christie novels lately. I enjoy those uh, quite a bit. Uh, And there was a line about an actress uh, uh, in one of the books that I was reading. And she said in this book, she said, well, I spent my whole career on the stage making love. Now, of course, today that would raise our eyebrows as sort of an odd thing to say. Back then it wasn't odd at all because making love just meant speaking romantically to each other. And I think it's really no surprise that that term shifted in the 60s and 70s to the physical act of sex. And it switched, uh, in my opinion, to actually a hope that lust and physical sex could somehow create or make love. I believe the term actually shifted with this weird sort of uh, inherent broken hope that free expression of love physically could somehow make love. Well, my friends, we've had 50 years now of our culture living in this environment. It's sort of been a test tube as we watched this great free love experiment. And my question for you is, how is that working out for us? We have 50 years that we can look back and see the devastation And the effects of this type of culture let's talk some statistics so rates of gonorrhea have rose by 67 percent syphilis by 76 percent and chlamydia by 21 percent to a total of almost 2.3 million cases nationwide (laughs) that's just our country according to the cdc 2017 surpassed 2016 as has been the case in the last four to five years of increasing STD cases. And it's been on a steep rise. Let's talk about unwed mothers. In 1968, the percentage of unwed mothers was 7%. In 2017, over 30%, actually closer to 40%. And and in the black population, it's a staggering 77%. This is an epidemic of fatherlessness. And there is an absolute link, of course, between unwed parenting and poverty. With three, this is Americans, three in 10 Americans who are a single parent living under the poverty line. Studies show that we are more anxious, more depressed, more suicidal, more addicted and disconnected. And I thought free love was supposed to remove all of those things. Was supposed to remove the taboo and the moral dogmas that were that were supposed to drive us down. We we're supposed to be set free. 50 years of experience has shown that that culture is not working. It's time, my friends, that we push back. We can tell the culture, you've had your chance. We've experimented with free love. We've experimented with free sex, and it's not working. So what do we do? It just blows my mind as I, as I begin to research some of these topics because so many secular journalists, so many secular psychologists are trying to double down on this sexual craziness and recommend that perhaps the answer to the Me Too movement or or the percentages of our problems in unwed mothering and STDs, the things that are rising, is to actually teach our children more about sex and at a younger age. Are you kidding me? Doubling down on what already isn't working. I think that's the definition of insanity. See, we have proposed an unrestrained lust as a culture, and then we're surprised when there are consequences to unrestrained lust. (laughs) See, we always tend to look at behavior and not the heart. You'll hear me utter that phrase many times as we go forward with these podcasts. We tend to look at behavior and not the heart. Why? Are we behaving this way? Why did the culture shift? See, how about we propose not giving ourselves away to find something that free sex can never provide? So let's be clear. When we give ourselves away sexually to someone that is not our spouse, we are actually doing it for gain. There's something in it for us. We want something. And it is the me, selfish culture that has driven a lot of this behavior. So what are we looking for? We're looking for intimacy, belonging, a feeling of being wanted. Uh, Maybe if I give myself away to this person, this person will stick around a while. Maybe it's for a reputation with peers. Maybe it's just satisfying your own pleasure. What it's not about is relationship or commitment. It's actually an act of desperation. See, you will be treated how you think you deserve to be treated. Now, I want to be super clear. I started out this podcast talking about the Me Too movement. And I want to be super clear that the women that were victims of sexual assault, they didn't ask for it. They didn't invite it. I want to be very clear. Ironically, however, it's the actresses in Hollywood that are actually rising up and saying, wait a minute, we don't deserve to be treated this way. You will be treated how you think you deserve to be treated, and I think courageously, the actresses in Hollywood are actually standing up and saying, "We don't deserve to be treated this way." In fact, every woman in the workplace does not deserve to be treated this way. But in this podcast, I would like to try to go a little further with what the YouTube U two movement perhaps has started. Let me address you, Hollywood, you actresses who are standing up and taking a stand for this. Perhaps there isn't any greater influence in pop culture than the movies that we watch. How about you, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ashley Judd? How about you start making movies where the hero and the heroine respect themselves and each other? show the culture the importance of self-respect and how men and women should treat each other. Maybe a call for a true love story, not a lust story. How many movies have we seen where the hero and the heroine, people we care about, people that we even emulate, we see them as superheroes, if you would. They are romantically attracted, they kiss, and then they fall into bed. Hollywood has perpetuated the story of the sexual craziness that the natural progression of even a first date is to give yourself away physically. How about writing a quality sitcom where there isn't one creepy sexual innuendo after another? See, to change the culture, we have to change the culture. (laughs) We have to be counter-cultural. Come on, Hollywood, let's demonstrate to young men and women that they don't have to give themselves away and they can treat each other with respect. Let's create good, positive storylines that reflect the appropriate shift that needs to take place in culture. So Christians, we need to lead on this. We need to demonstrate healthy dating relationships. We need to have open conversations with our children. We need to provide education, but the education that sex and marriage can be unrestrained and awesome. And you can have that type of physical relationship in marriage but without the baggage and without the emotional pain. It's his higher way. His ways are higher than our ways. And he didn't put these ways in place to frustrate us or to, to constrict us. He put these in place because it's the best way. And sex in confines of a, of a marital relationship is the best and healthiest way. Now, I'm aware that there can be assault and problems in marriage as well. But a Christian solid marriage with two committed re- people in relationship, a sexual relationship can be beautiful and powerful. See, I have an answer to our major cultural problem. I know how to virtually eliminate STDs. I know how to virtually eliminate unwed parents and fatherlessness. I know how to significantly help anxiety, depression, and relational pain. I know how to significantly help with poverty. Don't give yourself away sexually until you are married. We as a culture are trying other ways and it isn't working. Now, you may say, Dr. Johnny, you're just being a prude. You're... And an old Puritan waving his Bible. Well, the Bible is clear about this and Christians need to be a clear voice. But this is about basic cultural health. In a self-gratifying culture in which we live, this is going to require sacrifice, but it's just temporary sacrifice. You can have a lifetime of great sex with your spouse, which is stress-free, baggage-free, guilt-free, shame-free. It's the higher way. Sex in marriage and only in marriage becomes about the other person. An expression of committed love not making or trying to manufacture love. See, our culture shifted in the 60s and 70s, but I believe with my whole heart, it's my passion in life, that in one generation, one generation, the culture can shift back. It can push back. So you will be treated how you think you deserve to be treated see my friends i have four incredible daughters and my daughters are royalty and guess what that's how they think they should be treated in fact if anyone's thinking about dating my daughter and not treating them as royalty uh they need not apply (laughs) see that's the answer it's identity it's self-respect you my listener are royalty don't give yourself away see i believe that's the education our children need identity security self-respect i hear so many parents say you know kids are going to do what kids are going to do so they might as well be safe it drives me crazy because we are not helpless victims and parents you are their parent and they need to be parented they're calling out for it they want to be safe and secure because they are dating someone doesn't mean They are in a committed relationship. Actually, by definition, it means they aren't. (laughs) So they don't need to take it to the quote unquote next level. Here's a talking point for your children train them to tell their prospective girlfriend, boyfriend that. They need to respect you. Respect boundaries. Have them throw this out as a litmus test. If you're going to date me, it's going to be with these boundaries. And then see if that, quote unquote, love of their life (laughs) stays around. It's kind of a simple test, isn't it? But it's a challenge to our children. It's a challenge to us as parents. See, do you want to be or have your children be lusted after? <laughs> do you want your children to be driven or motivated by lust? If the answer is no, then we have to push back. See, I think this is at the heart of this is at the bottom foundational layer of something like a Me Too movement. It's about relational respect and boundaries. See, I want this movement to go even further. To address the cultural attitude towards sex. I want to empower our young people to make healthy decisions. I want them to declare that they are going to wait until they are married to have sex and then for the rest of the generation to say, me too. Thank you for listening to this podcast and I invite you to share this especially with your teenage children. It's so important that we have this discussion. We want what's healthy for them, but we also want healthy relationships and a healthy view towards sex. And this can switch in this generation. My wife and I are hosting the ultimate marriage course. We call it the ultimate marriage or anyone who would someday like to be married course. And the reason we call it that is that we open it up also for singles, those who have been divorced, and especially teenagers. In fact, if you are a teenager, you're invited to this for free. I invite you to go onto our website, gofam.org. That's gofam.org. This is going to take place on Saturday, March 14th, 2020 at the Josiah Center Uh, just outside the twin cities in maplewood minnesota we've had such an incredible response there have been courses that we've had where we've had over 50 single people at our marriage course and that makes me so happy because it's about culture isn't it better to learn about healthy marital culture even before you get married and isn't it great to lean into our marriages so that they can become stronger, better, and live in the fullness of their destiny. This isn't a watered-down marriage course. This goes deep into what the Father intended for marriage from the very beginning of time. We use His starting point of what He called marriage and what He called good, and we drop a plumb line from that point. And our cultural truths and reality then need to line up with what he intended from the very start. It makes me very excited. And I invite you, I invite your spouse, I invite your teenage kids, and I invite you as a single person to come and lean into the cultural aspect of marriage. It's powerful and it's beautiful. Thank you for listening to this podcast And now let's go together and set the culture.